Hey there, welcome to the Cultivated Family Podcast. I'm Megan Hillica, and this is where we dive into grief and loss and all that I've learned through the loss of my daughter, Aria. I want to share tools and the things I've learned along the way to help me carry my grief, along with interviews and stories of other people who have experienced pain and heartache in their life, and how we can, as friends, support one another through our tough times so that we can have the joys again as well. You are not alone, my friend, so let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Cultivated Family Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about the absence of joy and how do we allow ourselves to be in the absence of joy, what it's like to be in the absence of joy, and what it means. Um, Before we dive into that, I want to ask you a few things or talk about a few things. If you like this podcast, if you've been listening to this podcast, could you go leave a review and let me know what you think of it? When you leave a review, it helps other people who want support in their life and grief find this podcast. And I have big goals and how many people I want to help and serve and get the message out there that you're not alone and work at having more compassion for many people. So I am constantly thinking about how I can support and help you. How can I go deeper? And as I'm looking into the new year and thinking about the work that I'm doing and what I can do to support you in deeper ways and more ways, um, sometimes it feels like there's nothing more I can do. And other times I know that I can help in so many ways. And I am so incredibly grateful that I've been given this work and task and the heart to do this work. And I want to dive deeper with some of you in this work. So I'm going to begin offering grief coaching support calls. They're like not necessarily where we sit and discuss like a therapy session because it's not a therapy session at all but where I can help you see maybe the things that you need in your life or the things that you're looking for. Um, Just somebody there who can like help bounce, bounce ideas off for you and give, help you navigate grief a little bit in a little different way. So I'm going to be offering these in three month um, sessions or three month packages or a one-off package. If you are wanting to walk through what you're experiencing and thinking with someone who has also walked with grief, I want to help you work through your thoughts and emotions as you are the expert in your own grief. I really believe that, that you are the only one who knows, but sometimes we all need an outside perspective in what we are going through. I'm going to offer these as video calls or within a messenger format if you don't feel comfortable talking yet. So I'd love to hear from you. If you want to learn more, you can email me at hello at meganhillica.com. That's hello at meganhillica.com. I'd love to chat with you. So let's dive into in the absence of joy. First of all, grief is not a disease. We treat it kind of like a disease. Nobody wants to catch it. Nobody, you know, we think we need to um, get rid of it as quick as possible but it is not an illness that needs to be done with and moved through quickly. So what do we do when grief is overshadowing our lives and it feels like joy is not possible for us again? Something that comes along with grief is pain. It's really, that's kind of what 
a lot of grief is, is a lot of pain. And when we think of pain as bad and we think of pain as I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be feeling this pain, I, it's wrong to be feeling this pain, it makes grief feel wrong. But grief, I believe, is a gift we've been given to work through and process the very difficult experience of saying goodbye. So I know it's it's not easy. It hurts so bad. But it I really believe it's part of being human. What if pain is a part of of our life and part of being human? And if we relax into the pain, then I believe joy will come again. So in those moments when we feel like we don't have any joy, we really want to have joy again. So we don't have joy, but we want joy. But what if we need to sit in the muck? We need to sit in that for a little while. What if we need to to relax into those places so that we can start to dig ourselves out? So it's not something I can make you do, obviously. You have to do this yourself. Your work is your own. Your grief work is your own. But I really believe that you can slowly allow yourself to feel this pain. I don't think any of us like to be in those moments of heaviness, sitting with our grief and sitting in those heavy emotions and the pain and the depression. It's really hard and it feels like life is really hard in those moments. And it's it yeah I think it's nobody wants to be there we all want to get out as fast as we can but I really believe it's part of part of being in this you know on earth that life is not going to be be perfect here on earth and so I was just talking about you know hard things and why do we describe things as hard Why do we say that this is too hard? Or why do we say that I can't do that because it's too hard? We went to a funeral, Justin and I, my husband, um, not too long ago. And it was a baby's funeral. And there was other people that didn't want to go because it was going to be too hard. And I asked Justin after we left how it was for him, if it was hard or what was his experience and he said well what does hard mean does hard mean it was bad or like you can't really describe he couldn't really describe it as that but he said yeah it was emotional yeah it was sad it was painful but does that mean it's hard does that mean that we shouldn't be feeling those emotions I think those emotions are a normal experience in going to another baby's funeral and we can expect ourselves to feel that way. And so many times we want to run from it. So many times we want to avoid it because we know it's going to be painful and then we say it's hard and then we think we can't do it. So <laughs> that's just my little story of hard and why why maybe we could look at it a little bit different. And I get it. I get that sometimes all we can do is go minute to minute and we can't add anything else into our life we're just trying to survive in the moment 
I totally understand that. I think there's a period in grief where it's more that way and then a period in grief where it can change to where we might be in the hole and now it's a choice of either you are going to dig yourself out of the hole or you're going to stay in the hole. So there's a you know a place for being in the hole and not having joy in the absence of joy and just you know being there. But then there's also a place of okay, so how do we when do we get to decide? When do you get to decide? When do you decide that it's time to start working at digging yourself out of the hole? And I have a few things of ideas of things I think help starting to work yourself out of the hole. Number one is that you are the one who needs to make the decision. Nobody else can decide for you that it's time to so-called move on or it's time to laugh again. There's nobody can tell you what to do. No, we're all our own person and we all need to decide for ourselves. So that's one of the biggest things is you actually need to decide that. And with that decision, you might have to do things that don't feel very good. You might have to do things that scare you. You might have to do things that hurt to be able to process and begin working through your pain and your experience and and what you're dealing with in your life. I think we we could you know, our life could be um, run by our triggers and our pain if we don't start to face them. So I have another story of, with my trigger being kids sleeping, it's really, really easy for me to, you know, as over time that Justin would go check on the kids and for me to just ask him all the time to do it, for me to constantly have Justin check on them even though I have checked on them and it was terrifying it was not easy um it's a different level of terrifying as I've like worked through things and it was not easy to go check on them but I felt for myself that I needed to start checking on them because I didn't want this to be something that that kept me like ruled my life the rest of my life and I had to do the hard things of, okay, making the decision that I'm going to go check on them. I'm not going to ask Justin to do this because the easier thing is to ask Justin to do it. It was easy for me. I didn't have to go through the fear, the worry, the anxiety, uh, fighting my mind. I didn't have to do that if I asked Justin to do it. But if I decided that I don't want this to be something that rules my life for the rest of my life, then I can start to take steps to work through those triggers and work through the pain and work through those emotions that come up. So sometimes we have to do hard things in order to begin to heal and to not have those things rule our lives. So you know what, you you get to decide if you want these things to rule your life and to, to um, because they do. They, you know, you don't want to go here because you don't want to go to a baby's funeral. I'm not saying you have to go to a baby's funeral. I know that's very difficult. 
and it's very painful. But this is just the example that I used earlier. So if you don't want to go to it because it's too painful, you might be like it might be something that you can work through and only you get to decide when that time is for you. But it's just I think it's a part of digging ourselves out of the hole and not being run by our triggers. Another huge thing is self-care. Taking care of ourselves, I can't say it enough, is huge. Taking care of our mental health, our physical health, taking um, time away from all of our, you know, getting the ne- checking the next box off and doing the next thing. I think as moms, we're so worried about everybody else. We take care of everybody else. We want to help. And sometimes we almost can pour ourselves into taking care of everyone else instead of noticing that we actually do need care ourselves it's easy to want to help others it's easier to push ourselves you know push what we're feeling down it's it's not necessarily easier but we do that so that we don't have to deal with ourselves and then we're not giving everybody around us our full selves because we're not taking care of ourselves if that makes sense we hear that saying all the time you can't pour from an empty cup which is so true and when you are grieving your cup is like beyond empty it's not even just empty it's just absolutely depleted and empty emptier than empty and I think in those moments even if you don't feel like taking care of yourself that something as simple as doing little you know taking a a hot shower sometimes you might not even feel like taking a hot shower or going on a walk for 10 minutes doing little things that that might not feel easy they might not just come naturally in those moments but when we take little little steps I'm not saying you have to go out go all out I'm not saying that self-care is you know, taking a bubble bath or whatever, but it might be spending five minutes alone in silence or five minutes with your grief. It might be eating a little bit healthier that you feel a little bit better. It might be, you know, like I said, going on a walk. It It is, there's so many different ways of self-care and I think that it's so important with grief and it's so important in motherhood in general to take care of yourself I guess not even just everybody we all need to take care of ourselves I think there's a people worry about it becoming too selfish and I guess that could be it could be a problem but I do think people tend to lean more on the side of giving too much of themselves and doing too much for everybody else and not taking care of themselves. I think we are always the last person on our plate to take care of. And yeah, I think you will know if you're being selfish or if you you really need that in order to be the best person that you can be for your family, the best mom that you can be, the best wife that you can be, whatever it is. Did you know that I have a completely free community on Facebook for grieving mothers? You have to answer a couple questions in order to get in because I want it to be a safe space for grieving moms. 
I would love if you came and joined us. It's called Living with Grief, Child Loss with Megan Hillica. I share stuff on there. I go live in there. I would love if you would come and find support and support others. It's a great place to not be so alone in your grief and find others who are walking the same path as you. So again, that's Living with Grief, Child Loss with Megan Hillica. I'd love to see you in there. And then when I became more self-aware of my experience, how I respond, how I react, it has helped me in my grief so much. And it has helped me understand when I'm having a bad day, when I am in those moments of depression or sadness, that I'm okay with it. That I don't feel like I need to get out of here as fast as possible. It's it can be uncomfortable for other people to see you there because they other people want to help you. Other people want you to feel better and to be better and to be happy again. But when you know that this is okay for you to be here, when you know that it's okay and that you will you can be happy again. It's different to allow yourself to be there instead of feeling like you need to force yourself to get out right away. And I think I heard this one time about you know, when when grief comes into your life or hard things happen to you, it magnifies your strengths and it magnifies your weaknesses. So whatever your strengths were before, they just get stronger and whatever weaknesses you had before, those just get stronger as well. And it's it's nice to know that and it, and it's something, you know, when we get under stress and we are just struggling that we kind of revert back to our our factory settings of what we know what's comfortable with us and becoming more aware of that and understanding what needs you have in your grief, understanding what things you can do to work through your grief like running or walking or biking or, you know, the different movements that you can do that feel good for you or understanding more about yourself is so huge in starting to allow yourself to work through things. I really, really think that's been huge for me is more self-awareness. And it's really almost like it doesn't mean that you don't react in certain ways, but it's really taking a step back and say, you know, say I'm, I'm acting out in anger because of something. I can take a step back when I'm acting out in anger, watch myself acting that way. And then when I, you know, like, so I might not even be able, like, I haven't quite got to the point of stopping that, but I can be aware of what I'm doing in the moment and then I can take steps to, okay, so next time, how do I do better? So it's really, I feel like when you become more self-aware, you're almost watching yourself in your interactions. You're not just acting out of habit. You're you're watching what you're doing and, you know, kind of reaching for understanding of the way you're acting that why you're acting that way and having a lot of compassion for yourself having a lot of compassion for who you were when you came to grief who you are now and 
beginning to navigate that. And the last thing I want to offer is asking for help. I know that asking for help is hard. I know it's one of the... We would all rather help other people because I think there's that feeling when you are the one that needs help, you feel like maybe you're failing or you don't know what you're doing or you... like. I feel like there's a feeling of I'm not good enough or I don't know how to do this by myself so I'm failing where in reality we all need help we're all human I don't think anybody ever doesn't need help at some point in their lives and if if they don't admit that then then it's just they get to deal with all the extra stress but people want to help people don't know sometimes when you're having a really hard day or when you're experiencing something really hard Nobody can read your mind. Nobody knows exactly what's going on with you. And sometimes you just have to reach out and say something. Sometimes you have to be the first one, even though I know it is so hard to reach out for help. I know when you're in a vulnerable place that it's hard to even say that. I get it. I've been there. I, I know. But people want to help. I think that is a natural thing for people to want to do. And so it needs to be communicated if you if you need help. And something that has been super helpful for me in my life is letting go of the pride and letting go of the, you know, I felt kind of forced into it when Aria died. I, I let everybody help us. And it's definitely something I need to work on again because we got so much help at that time. Now I don't want ever again, you know, I'm kind of in that same spot of like, I don't ever want to need help again because we... We accepted so much help before. Now I just want to help other people. But getting help is humbling. But getting help is so amazing in knowing that these other people want to do this for you. And they want to you know, show that they love you and care and help you in some way. That they, they don't always know what to do or how to do it. And so letting people know that you need help when you're in those very difficult moments are is is really important and I hope you will reach out for help because you don't need to do this alone and I really don't want you to to be alone so that is all my thoughts of um you know when we don't have joy and then how can we begin to dig ourselves out of the hole of of not having joy and just a reminder, you are doing amazing. You are where you're meant to be right now. And we can always do better. But in this moment, please just notice how far you've come, how amazing you are doing. And just take that a moment to notice that because you're, you're doing great and you're doing better than you think you are. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Cultivated Family Podcast. While this episode is over, you can continue to join me in conversation on Instagram or Facebook at Cultivated Family. I would love to see you there.